Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we chat all about time, place and beer with Ben from 360 Degrees Brewing. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Welcome, welcome, Ben. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit of introduction to to who you are, where you're from, just for anyone listening? Yeah, for sure. Know? So my name is Ben, and I am the business development manager for the Three Sixty Degree Brewing Company. Uh, we're based down in Sussex, uh, about half an hour from Brighton, so very, very southern. Um, so yeah, I've been in the job now for just over two and a half years. Um, it's been a yeah, pretty wild and interesting and crazy um, and developing two and a half years. Um, <laughs> I'm still here, which I think always says a lot when you're kind of taking on a job for the first time. But yeah, it's yeah definitely been a fantastic place to be so far. Amazing, amazing. Um, I think before we start talking more about the brewery as a whole, we should just get right into crack and open a beer and just get down to it. <laughs> that works perfectly for me. Yeah. <laughs> amazing uh so the first one that we're gonna open today is neighbors which is a hazy pale ale it's 4.8 percent um do you want to tell us a little bit about that while we crack it open yeah so this is the second batch of neighbors that we've done so neighbors was originally released in the middle of the summertime and it just went down really, really well with everyone who had taken it. It like smashed uh, and sold out at every beer festival it was pouring at. And we were like, you know what? Like, let's, let's bring it back a little bit sort of ahead of time. Um, so it's, yeah, like a 4.8 pale. Um, the name, uh, which we actually planned back at the start of the year, was to be like a little nod to the fact that it's Southern Hemisphere hops. So... It's got Vic Secret, it's got Ella, it's got Nelson, it's got Rewaka. So obviously the, the four of those hops are all very oily and resinous and have got like a lot of tropical aroma going on in them. Um, and then it kind of just coincidentally meant that when we actually brought it out for the first time, it happened to coincide with when its namesake television show was due to have its final ever episode. Uh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's, it's kind of what we've done with like all of our beers this year in terms of, well, not all of it. Most of the beers we've released this year have had a name that is like a nod or a derivative or a quote from somewhere in popular culture. Okay. Mostly it's been like, like, um, yeah, like, songs often find like a random b-side lyric from something somewhere or um something a bit more obvious um we kind of felt we could we'll let our gm uh name this one he was like oh australia neighbors we're like cool we'll go with that <laughs> <laughs> like yeah sure that one works uh oh, i'll have to fit hang on do you it like smells like very juicy i like it, it smells really just the head on it is beautiful it's got a gorgeous foamy yeah. white head there um so do you like do people like put in suggestions for the names do you have like a little round table when you do that yeah so it's it's a, it's a it's a combination of things i mean like often it will kind of be myself and rmd will kind of just kind of like like back and forth with different ideas we'll have like a general concept for where we want to go with the name um 
But yeah, it will be kind of the case of sometimes we'll all just kind of suddenly get YouTube and Google up and start just playing songs in the office. We're like, oh, I like that lyric. Let's go, let's go with that one. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just think, think of an example for one. Um, so back in back in the spring, we released a couple of beers which were all English hopped. And so the thinking was, if we're going with like lyrics and songs to do with where the beers have got from, whether it's ingredients or whatnot, then we're like, okay, we're doing English and Sussex and all that kind of stuff. We were like, right, let's have a look at some Sussex musicians. So we ended up finding a beer that was called, what we called All I Want Is Summer, which was from a random song by The Cure, like an early noughties B-sides. Um, and then it came out um, a month before a dipper that was called Miss the Sun. So there was a nice little sort of theme when we were re- releasing these in late winter, early spring. They're like kind of like melancholy towards like, I want summer. I want summer. All I want is summer. I miss the sun. Uh, <laughs> and Miss the Sun is from um, Let Her Go by Passenger, who is uh, a Brighton uh, Brighton boy originally. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's sort of fairly um, sort of more obvious ones others are a bit more con- kind of convoluted but yeah we kind of try and do it like a lot of that kind of idea with like trying to sort of have linkages to the origins of where the ingredients or the style or something to do with the, the its provenance essentially that's super cool um yeah, that's clever. Ha- so i i don't know I don't know too much admittedly about the brewery um so just like it would be interesting to know more about just the brewery as a whole um like how how long ago was the brewery sort of founded? So it, it often surprises people when I tell them that 360 is turning 10 next year. Oh wow. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> that, that, that wasn't just there for effect. I think I could see on their faces there was some there was some real surprise. There. That was not planned. That was not, <laughs> yeah, that was not planned. Sure. Plan that. <laughs> so yeah, so 360 was originally set up um by a couple of guys who are no longer with the project. Um, okay. And they were in charge for, well, from, yeah, from, from, its, in, from its inception in 2013, all the way through until um, the start of COVID. Um, and it had kind of like hit a sort of a plateau in sort of like 2018, 2019, and having a sort of fairly decent level of local towards regional um, sort of distribution, mainly direct, there were sporadic bits into London, but most, if not all, of what they were doing was on the traditional cask side. So mm-hmm. it was different bitters, various pails, but yeah, by and large, everything was going into Firkin. Um, and they had started to do a little bit into keg and to can, but again, it just hadn't quite sort of caught, caught on with what they were doing at the time when the industry was obviously exploding uh, with popularity and new breweries popping up left, right and centre, uh, sort of in that in that period, sort of between 2015 and 2019. And then one of the partners, um, I think it had run its course for him in terms of his interest in what he was, he was doing. And then when it kind of then went down to one person being in charge, um, I think steadily um, his interest then was diminishing as well. Uh, the business was starting to run into the reds. It hadn't quite sort of yeah caught that wave of of like of where craft was getting its momentum from, um, and it was yeah I, I gather they'd been failed attempts to crowdfund and whatnot, um, and then obviously COVID came around, and like as we've seen through the last couple of years, it has been the final nail in the coffin for more than a few breweries, unfortunately, and obviously for for different reasons, but it's definitely been a, a contributor to what we're seeing at the moment 
And so, yeah, 360 was looking like it was going to go down um, sort of in March, April 2020. Uh, but then, like, Robin, who's our new, who's our MD, uh, he lives locally in Lewis, and he became aware of 360 was on the market, and he'd recently been uh, put in charge of building a drinks brand, predominantly on the wine side. Um, okay. They were looking to, like, sort of, yeah, to diversify where they were sort of building this, this, this group of beverage uh, brands. And by virtue of being local, new 360 was becoming available and straight away uh, sort of put the investors towards it. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. So change of hands happened in uh, late April, early May of 2020. Um, and so like, it was an interesting one because the business was basically having to kind of start again because it was a complete change of the guard in terms of personnel. Um, but we still had that interesting position where the brand was known by some people yeah which was like a good thing and a limitation at times because like when certain people have got um like a perception or an opinion of frankly anything it doesn't have to be necessarily beer or breweries but particularly in our industry people like to sort of stick with their opinions and are quite hard pressed to be changed and so like that's they meant that we've obviously had even more of like a microscope on us in terms of what we've then been trying to do because it's like oh well I, I had a 360 beer a couple of years ago and it wasn't particularly great um what's making me want to ever try you again when I've got all these other people to to go and try instead which is a valid comment but it's um, like it then meant that as we were then trying to kind of rebuild the brand learn everything as we were going along as well but yeah it just there was this, this real kind of split in terms of the kind of people that we were uh, trying to um, essentially sort of convince to give us a go. As that is, it's, I always find that really interesting, like seeing how somebody, go, like how you go through that change, because I mean, I feel like we can all sort of, I'm sure that everyone kind of like listening can think of at least like one brewery where you maybe had a bad experience and, and or you've seen it not you know go down like a like a lead balloon sort of thing and and you go oh no and so it's it's got to be when you have someone that's had a bad experience that is like oh I died don't know um it's got to be so difficult to to turn that around but then you know you think like you have to almost give somebody the opportunity to to try to turn it around um this is like this is a this hazy pale really really lovely Mm, like it's it's very 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 drinkable it's very fruity it's very juicy it's lovely and I really like the artwork on it as well um it's just yeah it's just like really subtle there's like flowers I'm guessing that's a eucalyptus I'm I'm guessing that's eucalyptus on the on the photo I can't really tell if you're looking at the video you could kind of see the can art but it's very like subtle very nice overall it's really great and I feel like if people hadn't given you like a second chance, like a second chance to be like, oh, okay, let's sort of change the view that maybe people have of us. Like we wouldn't have something that is quite drinkable. Now, like, what was it like going through that that change, like with the business? Was it was it like quite difficult internally or, you know, was it fairly smooth or? I mean, I, th- I think I've got the benefit of being able to talk about that now in retrospect, because at the time for all of us we were just it was just a learning curve learning curve everything was just new and new and new and of course you'd met you do things well you'd make plenty of mistakes along the way um and so you, you kind of only began to as time went on began to kind of understand 
perhaps when you would look back at maybe why you didn't win that business there or why they weren't willing to meet with you or they gave you or they said certain things with their feedback about the products in the, in the earlier days and it's yeah you just kind of kind of put that together as time goes on for sure um so it's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint it i mean for me now, it's I almost kind of thrive on the opportunity now that I've been doing the job long enough. Be like, oh, well, you think you know what? There's <laughs> something about us. Well, let me just see what you think of this. And I'm not going into it as cockily as that, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 for me, I, I, I really do enjoy like changing someone's opinion for the better when it comes to particularly, particularly our beers. When they're like, oh yeah, I had it like a couple of years ago. I was like, okay, cool, cool. We'll try it now and see what you think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen like I I as I was saying like I didn't know much about the brewery as a whole like I'd seen I think in passing but I I like I hadn't heard anything negative I just you know I I wasn't as sort of well versed because I think it, it's hard because I'm I'm from Berkshire we've got like a few breweries in that area and then there's you know I think you get used to almost your own local scene to a degree sometimes that you can kind of like you know you don't necessarily look like further afield at other breweries so like I think I had seen you know 360 in passing but I'd never tried it myself and I, I hadn't heard anything like negative or anything like that and then we connected um at Arendelle uh, it, that was like a whole mission in itself I feel like to get to this podcast was like a whole mission in itself because I remember like we were trying to have a conversation and we'd start a conversation and then like two minutes into that conversation the bar was going mental and then you're like I'll come back in five minutes and I was like put a pin in it we'll talk in five minutes and then five minutes later we'd go okay cool let's have a conversation and then two minutes later someone else would come up and I'd be like okay just put a pin in it I think it took us literally two days <laughs> it was a busy <laughs> festival numerous yeah, I, hours I, I, to have I, one I came, conversation I came, I, I came back to the festival purely just to finish off that conversation <laughs> And I, it, this is not an exaggeration of like we we had a conversation over the course of two days yeah. and um I mean I was like really excited to kind of learn more about 360 as well just because it was just like um it was nice getting to meet somebody like representing the brewery as well and and having that so I was like very keen to learn more and you had mentioned about the whole moving from that sort of more cask market to the more of like the keg market and I mean was there any challenges in itself that like that kind of presented or you know I guess moving that was that kind of an easy decision for everyone to go well this is the direction that a lot of it's going this is where we need to go or well I think it's an interesting because like we've still got a very very solid cast program with what we're doing and like that for us is a nod to not just like our heritage because we're not going to go and suddenly just be like nah we're going to completely forget about the 360 volt because there's still plenty of drinkers who did love like our beers and like have only then just enjoyed all, us all the more um and it's for us really important to try and keep cask ale as a as an entity still going anyway like we're really lucky down where, where we are in Sussex and in the school well, across the country particularly but like Sussex has got a really good beer scene um lots of country pubs take um take real ale on a regular basis so like for us we want to make sure we can do that but it's then taking the lessons from what we're doing on the more contemporary uh sort of top pressure uh, method of brewing uh, and letting the two skill sets complement one another um but I think in terms of kind of where we were going to go it was always the like the intention to turn 360 towards like the, mo the the modern sort of side of beer um like 
I'd been out, out in Canada for a couple of years before COVID. And so I'd been used to very, very hoppy uh, West Coast beers, New England's as, as well. I sort of had my first experience with sours and had my head completely blown and my palate completely blown by those. Um, and so I was coming into that, that with like that level of craft understanding. Robin, our MD, had lived in California. His daughter had been born just up the road from where Russian River uh, Brewery is. So again, it's like that modern hoppy beer was always kind of what we've been aspiring towards. Um, it's just been a case of then learning and taking the journey to get there while not forgetting who we are. And it's been an interesting one because we like to always try and think that we want to try and make a beer for everyone within our range, which is really, really quite tough to do because obviously there's a plethora of beer styles around and you're not going to always be a master of everything. But we at least want to make like a version of each particular style or package type that at least makes people want to drink it again. Yeah, that's really good. I think I think that's the thing. Like breweries and be, like beer, beer is for everybody. And there is, and like I'm one of these firm believers that it's like there is a beer that you're like you've just got to find the right one. And yeah, being able to try all the things and make all the things but still making things that people want to buy on a regular basis. And, you know, you want to be able to experiment, but you've got to sell the beer as well. Are you are you finding that difficult or have you got like a, a method for that that you're finding is working for you at the minute? Um, what, sorry, in terms of... Like, like being able to make all the things that you want to make, but also kind of, you know, being able to, with ingredient prices going up and energy prices going up and having enough tank space things like that yeah so I think so I guess with, with the last point we've been lucky that we've been able to reinvest back into ourselves as we've gone like from where we're at where we're at right now with the brewery we're now on a 4,000 liter kits and when I when I arrived we were on a thousand liters and it's mm. got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 and then tanks have been added to the brew kit and others have been retired in the process um, so we've always been able to have the capacity that we've needed in that regards um, but we've also had to kind of be a bit savvy and understand where our specialisms are and where we've been most successful, not in terms of where we're happy with it, but where the market and the bottom yeah. lines have been hit on a commercial level. Um, and so I definitely said that we're putting most of our focus into doing pale ales and IPAs, um, just because I think we've consistently uh, done best with those styles. It's the styles that the guys on the on the on the brewery floor um I, I i guess i'm, I'm more, the most comfortable with because they've got enough experience with it um but then it, we also understand that you can't almost just play it safe all the time you've got to like do some weird and wacky and interesting things um but because we've got a, an, M, an md who's got a background in wine everything has to have balance it can't just be like knock your socks off with something <laughs> ridiculously cloying and sweets and mouth puckering because he just won't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what's the craziest you've gotten? Do you think? Um, probably, so we did an Elder Flower Saison. Okay. Where, which on, on the face of it isn't all that crazy, I realise, but we used uh, bay leaves, coriander seeds in it as well. Oh, nice. It, right. it had like a real like umami, savoury depth to it. 
Uh, and then we use Sriracha's hops, so it had that sort of like that pickle to it as <laughs> yeah. well. Sriracha's yeah. is always like polarizing, a bold choice. <laughs> like, that is like in it. That in itself is always like, yeah, as Joe said, very polarizing. Like you'll get. I feel like you always see people like either love it or hate it, and there's very few people that are like, I could take it or leave it. Like people either feel one way very strongly or the other. Yeah, so I personally like it. We put a bit of multi-waker in there for good measure as well. As again, like, <laughs> nice, rounded nice. off a bit. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, for me, like the quote that still sticks in my head is someone compared it to Big Maxwell's, the, the end product. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! I was like, okay, I can understand how you got that. Yeah. Then, like, kind of of taken away from like the sort of the acidic levels that you would be getting on the palate from it, obviously being a saison instead. Yeah. But again, it's just that funny thing because it had those those various savory notes within within it. Like, I guess if your palate's not kind of expecting that, you're like, oh, what can I sort of articulate that's like it? Yeah, Big Mac sauce. I do that. No, but I'm similar. I do similar like all the time. I'll be like trying to think about like what something tastes like, and sometimes I can only describe it in terms of like sometimes not even in terms of food. Like I'm like, oh, what experience does this make me think of? Like, and that's how I can I can describe like particular flavors when it's really hard to put words to it. What beer was it that you described as? This tastes like the beat. <laughs> I did say that. Did, yeah. It was um. <laughs> Did it have lots of stubble in it? No, it didn't. Also, it wasn't, I was it wasn't like, like a sandy beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, it wasn't even it was. bad. I actually really no, liked it. She was it. like, I really like it. It was, it was Lucky Saints um, alcohol free. Oh, yeah. Lucky Saints like... alcohol free like lager. And I don't know, like, I, I still can't put the, <laughs> the words to it. It's just I drank it and I was like, Oh, I'm fairly certain it was the it was the yeah I think it was yeah yeah You're right now you've said it yeah. and I think it was just because it almost had this like I don't know this like freshness like sun creamy but it like wasn't <laughs> coconut at all like it wasn't coconut so it wasn't like sun cream but it was like this freshness and like I don't know just tasted like going to the beach <laughs> that was like the only thing that I yeah. could describe I was like I yeah. don't know what words to use to describe <laughs> the taste but it tastes like going to the beach and I think when I said it you were like weirdly I feel like I can understand what you're saying and I was like yeah that was an interesting conversation <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was interesting yeah I had no other way to describe it I'm conscious obviously you guys I was gonna say I, I'm, um, I've not been well so I have <laughs> there's going to be like numerous episodes that come out that you're just yeah. going to hear me be like I'm not well um, and I am drinking today as opposed to other ones in this lovely glass that you yes. guys across it is super sturdy I love it it's great thank you so much um but I'm conscious I'm just drinking one <laughs> do you guys yeah, want to you guys gonna drink a range so. as we just mentioned a lager shall we crack open pavilion next yes let's see that this one, and um, so I really like the style of the labels of Neighbours yeah. and Pavilion. But then we've also got you get what you need dipper here, which is a very different style of mm. of label. Is there is there a reason for that, or is it just? Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll touch on that because we, we've been using that kind of white domination with our branding uh, pretty much since like we've been the team. Okay. So we, we began to kind of roll out a rebrand with things um in yeah like sort of september october time of 2020 uh and our theory was trying to be like right if we're going to start putting out cans to a market that's so saturated what when you're going into a bottle shop where's your focus 
because you can often have that kind of overwhelming sensation that there's just color and so much interesting stuff going on everywhere. But almost like taking a leaf out of like the Apple book where that simplicity, that clean aesthetic can actually sort of catch the eye a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we rolled with that for like quite some time. Uh, but we've kind of also been taken on board feedback from our stockists and they've said that like some of them will, will, would be sort of more captivating to their customers than others, um, which perhaps is maybe just a lesson for us in terms of where we can kind of be consistent with our branding. Um, and so we were like, right, okay, if we kind of want to keep a more consistent motif, then we're going to start moving a bit more towards having the words in the same typeface, mm-hmm. the same kind of blocks, uh, but then just put a bit more color into, into the photos and the branding. Just so that particularly now we're back into, into bars where that focus is on a, something that's like only like kind of that kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. And you've really got to catch the attention really quickly. And if it's just like solid white with a couple of graphics um, and your logo, unless people are like desperately in love with us, which we could, we would want people to get to eventually, but we have to understand where we are as a brand that we are still growing. And yeah. we have to win that first visual impression super, super quickly. So taking on that feedback that we weren't doing that as well as we could have done, we're moving a bit more towards having more color um, in our branding. And it's kind of taking, we, we're using the, the base of the Sussex Haze can, which for us is like our flagship beer. So that one came out just over two, just over two years ago now. And as much as it kind of had consistency with a lot of white domination in the background, it was always like an anomaly uh, versus where everything else had a, a, a more consistent motif with image down like the left side when you're looking at it, typeface to the right with each kind of word having its own unique uh, typeface relative to where the beer was from. So there was a lot of kind of background thought within each one. But okay. like interestingly, the feedback we always got was that the Sussex Hayes branding looked the strongest. And so we were like, okay, well, let's kind of use that as the framework with the other feedback we've had kind of brought in and start putting more kind of color and um, more like like bar worthy uh, branding in terms of where we're going with things. So Pavilion will get a bit of a facelift. We're not going to kind of do too much with it. We're going to basically kind of take the, the Pavilion and move it more towards the center, make it a bit more in the same kind of place as where for Sussex Hayes, the West Pier is. Okay. And obviously like with, with the two, with these two cans, the, uh, they're both in our core range. They're both very strong pictorial representations of Brighton. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do with a lot of like our core is still kind of maintain that localism and show that we've got an identity as a Sussex brewery. But then it means that further afield there's a recognition of, oh, like 360, they're there in the same way as you would say, for example, um off the top of my head a good example somebody does it <laughs> i kind of can't even think of my head um but there's there's there's, there's methods to the madness in, in any case so i was gonna ask you i was gonna say like is that the the peer in brighton like i was literally like i i go i i had been looking at it and i was like oh for some reason i feel like that's the brighton peer even though like for anyone like just listening it's basically uh i don't know how to say it's it looks like for me, it looks like the Brighton Pier if it was very foggy <laughs> and it's yeah. like you couldn't see the pier yeah, fully. Very, very hazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so and that, I just based on the name, I was like, I bet that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so that that is exactly what it is. So, 
it's a really, um, I think it's a really clever it is quite a strong like label I think in that sense yeah. as well um yeah it looks it it does feel very like strong for like a minimalist approach to it as well like it's nothing too bright and like bright and flashy in your face or anything like that it's very very like simple yet very effective I think and like as a person that is a label magpie I do kind of feel like these actually all, all these ones that we were talking about you know neighbors pavilion Sussex Hayes like they do all still catch my eye even though they are more like simplified than say you know you get what you need which is a full photo across it um because I think there's something to be said for that white space for me anyways I think like where it is a lot of white and then like a few bits like you know a bit of flower tree and and all that for you know neighbors I feel like that white space where there is stuff it's more meaningful where there is something there um and it definitely draws you in I think for sure yeah it's interesting you say that because there's still certain bits of the, like the the core that are going to have like that white domination. Um, so like pavilion, it's not like we're going to suddenly put like a big saturated blue sky behind it. It's still going to have the illustration of the pier uh, from in its heyday on it. It'll still have white in the background. Um, and just like this afternoon and yesterday, we've been like rejigging like the re but like the revamp of like an old cast beer we're bringing back next year. And it was just literally a case of just as we kind of moved things around, what we've done is we've brought the typefaces we're using for the new stuff, but then we're still keeping the aesthetic of how it was otherwise. So okay. it's got a bit of that old and that new. So there's a bit more of a synergy between where the white labels are versus the more color um, orientated ones. And I think from where early discussions have been, we kind of are going to have that, like that separation now where the core will have, yeah, the, like the, the white cream backgrounds, attention to detail with where we put certain things, and then the specials and the one-off limited edition beers will go a bit more wacky, crazy, and wonderful. Um, because I guess over time you build a visual um, recognition of core products, whereas you kind of have to win that battle for the consumer's attention with each respective beer that you release. So often a bit more color saturation tends to do that with the one-off beers we've kind of seen from our feedback and it makes total sense when you're talking about your core range like what would you say are the ones that are in your core range for anyone that doesn't know so we've got sussex haze which is a four and a half percent ddh juicy pale um that beer for us has been absolutely like the panacea the catalyst for like our like like our acceleration where people's perceptions have changed where the people who had never heard of 360 see us from because it was the first time we'd actually proven that we could nail biotransformation and make a New England hazy pale and from the get-go it's only ever had fantastic feedback and then it's just been yeah like the beer that we have been known for really since um and so that's been really exciting to kind of have that as like our leading product to then build around because like with that kind of idea what I've mentioned previously of trying to sort of have a beer for everyone within what we're doing um on the keg side we've we've always tried to want to have a like a lager pilsner kind of product because as we kind of know lager is still by percentages the most widely drunk style of beer globally by quite some way but of course you're factoring a macro into that and so on and so forth but if so many people in their perception of beer is lager or pilsner, whatever kind of style it's going to be within that side of it, 
you've got to try and like cater to that side of it somewhere. Um, so that's where Pavilion, which is a, a very new beer, actually, we only released it at the start of November. It's a Heller's Lager. Uh, it took the place of a beer called Checkmates, which was actually an award-winning uh, dry hot pilsner. It won gold in the World Beer Awards last year. So it was a great Amazing. beer, but it was an interesting one. It never quite took off um, to the levels we were hoping for. And the feedback we were getting, again, we want to listen to people who were selling our product for us, was that just ever so slightly too high in ABV, mm-hmm. at 5% for the session drinker. Um, and the word Pilsner had almost lost its coolness. Uh, oh, wow, okay. It was, a, it was a really interesting thing where people had said that, yeah, like when they put a Pilsner on for most people, if you were to put a lager on in its place, it would just sell so much better. And I think it's just that weird thing of semantics of what people are looking for when they're going to get a lager. They're going to yeah. get a lager. So we then kind of looked to the, the wider mass markets and the leaders of like the style. We were like, right, like, Hellas is a very approachable and engaging and easy drinking uh, sort of sub style of lager. Um, and when you look at what beers have ultimately kind of become macro craft, Camden Hells is the first one that springs to mind. And it didn't get to that level besides anything to do with AB InBev for any other reason besides the Hellas style is just very, very easy and approachable to drink. Um, and so other beer styles that were popular were like, okay. Again, looking at what sells to the macro market, Moretti, these other beer styles are around that kind of 4.6% level. What's the best lager of all, uh, in the world? And we were all like, oh, yeah, we quite think Augustina, Hellas. So we were like, okay, well, let's give it a go and see what we think. Um, and yeah, so far the feedback's been really, really good. So that's now st- sticking as like our lager uh, in the core range for the foreseeable. Um, and I'll be really excited to kind of see how it gets on with people in the, when the, the weather is kind of more lager like orientated yeah um, we've always had a session ipa in our core range that's like one of a few beers that have uh, kind of stood the test of time from the old to the new uh, it's 4.3 percent it's uh, mosaic amarillo and chinook and it's just a very easy drinking uh, grapefruit tangerine transparent uh, classic session ipa because there's still always that space for like that hoppy pale um, versus where people want to have the, the haze and the juice. So again, trying to think what can we do to make sure we've got a beer for everyone within the range. So that, that trio is kind of where we're at for like the, the keg and can space. We'll always have like a NEPA um, in our range, whether that's like a New Zealand hopped beer or a sort of mix of North and Southern Hemisphere hops with Green Monster, but there'll always be like a NEPA because Everyone loves a Nipa. Well, not everyone. Nipa drinkers like Nipa. <laughs> um, but then going back to kind of what we've been saying in terms of where we've come from, right? we've still got three beers in our cask range, which are our core. We've got the session is uh, across both sides. We've got Bluebell, which is, again, like the evolution of one of the only other beers that kind of uh, stood through that transition. That's our best bitter. It's a Sussex style best bitter. So it's uh, much more kind of ruby and really aromatic and it's almost got quite intense malt flavors uh but really really well balanced and just yeah very very quaffable in fact that's kind of like my chaser here at the minute <laughs> a cold winter evening at the moment um and yeah again like it's quite nice for us to kind of show that we can do a best bitter as well as doing a really juicy aromatic pale these days 
Yeah. And then last but not least, we've got uh, Tacoma, which is a 3.9 APA. And often like when I'm speaking to publicans who are more kind of on the cask side or the camera side, they're like, APA should be 4.7. And it's like, well, not everyone wants a 4.7 APA. So that's why we did a 3.9 APA. And they're like, okay, well, I can actually understand that logic when you actually put it in, in those terms. Um, so it's called Tacoma. Uh, just have to have the badge on my desk, actually. Um, so 3.9, Tacoma is the indigenous name for Mount Rainier, um, which is the volcano that overlooks Seattle. And so the idea with it was that the beer, with its recipe, it's single hop cascades. It's a sort of homage to the origins of craft with the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale being a cascade exclusive beer. And the Cascade Hop takes its name from the Cascade Mountains, which is where Mount Rainier is. It's very clever. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so like all of our brownies got that kind of idea of like time and place and location. Mm-hmm in it which uh, comes from like the brewery's name i should have probably said this earlier like so 360 is named after where we were based so we're pretty much slap bang on the greenwich meridian line um so in terms of your coordinates we're either zero or 360 so the idea okay. was when it was originally set up where we are that it would sort of take a 360 degree view of the, of the world and take inspiration and so as we've kind of come along we were like okay well let's, let's turn it around into more of an idea of time and place and that's then the discourse that runs through our, all of our branding and then when we start thinking of these convoluted silly names from songs it will always have some provenance to the beer and its ingredients or where the style and its origins are from so I guess Tacoma's like a good little uh, sort of dovetail into that and then Bluebell is called Bluebell because we're right next door to Bluebell Railway you got Heritage Train Line, Heritage Beer Style and that's where the name for that came from. That's, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. I, I particularly, I know that obviously you've changed to the to the Hellers, but I, I think Checkmate is like a really great name <laughs> for a Pilsner. Like, I honestly, when you said like, yeah, we had Checkmate like Pilsner, I was like, that is actually so clever. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one tickled me. I like that one. But um, you mentioned Green Monster. I actually wrote down as a question um, because as a person that is literally born and raised, was born and raised in Boston before I came here. Um, yeah, the Green Monster. I-, I thought maybe that was, I saw it come up when I was like searching about the brewery and stuff. And uh, I was like, maybe it's just a coincidental name. And then I was like, oh, it is a New England beer style. And then I was like, and that looks like the front of Fenway Park. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. where? Uh, my question is, uh, how how did that come to be a beer? Like that seems so <laughs> like it seems so random to find green like a reference to the Green Monster here sure. because that is a very region specific, not even Fenway talking about green monsters very specific yeah so it was from when we were in the earliest days of like naming beers so like prior to that we had i guess i can kind of almost call it a prototype beer for that was just called new england ipa uh it wasn't exactly very new england it was somewhat translucent towards transparent which plenty of people when they were looking at us down that musk that microscope i was saying was like Neeper, no, that's not a no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's rebrand it, let's rename it. Yes, absolutely, let's change it again. Um, but yeah, when we were looking at what we wanted to do with the idea of time and place, um, we were thinking, okay, if you've got the, the beer style within New England IPA, when you sort of then zone into New England as a region, Boston would often be the first city to think of, and then in terms of then its history. 
you've obviously got the beer scene, you've got revolutionary history is, um, is, is plentiful for Boston, but then it's also got a really good legacy with its, with its sports teams, whether it's the Patriots, the Celtics or the Red Sox. Or the Bruins. Um, or the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're going to throw that one out there as well. We've got a hockey girl. <laughs> um, and yeah, just as we were kind of thinking in names, like we were, as Green Monster was said in, in, the, in the office, we we're like, that's actually a really good name for a beer. Um, and so then that's why it's got a picture of the Green Monster scoreboard on the can. Um, and it's then when you actually kind of understand it, there's always, there's always that idea of time and place and provenance with each beer, whether it's the style or something to do with us or its ingredients or whatever. So yeah, that's why that one's called Green Monster. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, and that's probably like 99% of the people listening to this, um, we're probably like the, the 1% that knows what that is. Uh, like, so you've got Fenway Park, which is the baseball stadium, um, which is, it's hard because I watched uh, the Red Sox play over here and they played at, I think it was like Victoria Park or it's the Olympic Stadium that they built, which is not the right shape and size for baseball so uh, my parents my parents came over and we were watching it and they had like trucked in dirt they had trucked in the fit like they had flown in like all the actual components for the field um the pitch and basically my we watched them play the Yankees it was Red Sox versus Yankees it was very like contentious my parents flew all the way here to watch it and my dad was like the, the field is so small it's it's obviously like someone get a home run and you go obviously they can get a home run it's so small here <laughs> so it's very different compared to an actual baseball stadium I don't really think we have any baseball stadiums properly no, there's, there's but you have out on the field in in Fenway Park specifically out in I think I want to say it's, I think it's left field is a big green wall and that's where the scoreboard is and there's no actual seats out that way um properly i think there are some on top of it but you're not really sat at like field level that's where the scoreboard is um that is called the green monster <laughs> and yeah so for anyone that's like what like why did you pick up on green monster that's because that's what it is and i recognize that and the green monster is a very big deal to <laughs> to uh bostonians that is like you have wally the wall monster is their mascot um he is the green monster. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun funny. facts about Boston. <laughs> no, every now and again, we'll get like a random like quote on a tweet from uh, like American expats over here who are watching uh, Major League Baseball. American expats like tweeting about green monster when they watch Major League Baseball. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I was kind of like, oh, I was looking to see if you still had any in stock. So I was like, oh, I want to order some. <laughs> I was like, will, oh, there is none. <laughs> it will be back. So... Green Monster is one of a couple of beers that we have as part of like that Nipah rotation. Because um, we ended up having that beer and Fish Hook in stock at the same time. Fish Hook had never really meant to be kind of part of our core range, but then we had a bunch of pubs all wanted to take it after it had done so well with its first batch. We were like, okay, well, we'd be silly to say no to the volume. But then we were then stuck, not stuck, but we had two 6% Nipahs in our core range at the same time and they kind of yeah. just get into each other's markets a little bit so we then thought right let's actually kind of just give each beer like a period of time where it is like the core within a rotation and then just people get really used to having it then we take it away so then they want it when it comes back and so green monster is 
in that space at the minute where Green Monster alongside Neighbours was doing really, really well at all of our beer festivals. Everyone was asking for it. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like the last batch we're doing for a little while. Um, so then the hope would be, hopefully, that we're getting to a point where people are actually looking forward to when we're releasing certain periodical beers. Um, so Green Monster will be back at some point next year. I feel like you have to release it in time with opening day. Like that it has to go somewhat in line with like opening day because it feels like that just aligns so well. <laughs> You'll have to help me. When is that? I don't know. I don't know this year's <laughs> opening day. I don't know. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I can go I'll Google it and I'll let you know. <laughs> Yeah. I, feel, I feel we've actually gone down some huge tangents. Should we go back to oh, this is this, yeah. is, this <laughs> yeah. is exactly yeah. what happened. I was just looking at it on my desk. I'm like, yeah. I've not even it open yet. Yeah. You know what? I was only going to have one beer, but I'll have a second beer. I'll I'll crack it. I I helped us tangent. I will have another beer for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of looking these, forward to it as well. Of so. these beers that we've been talking about, or maybe another one, which do you think like most represents? 360 brewing for us uh i think it has to be sussex Heights. like i said before that's the beer that has really begun to put us on the map and change people's perceptions of us introduce new drinkers to us because it's the drink of choice for a lot of people is that that sort of session strength pale space it's also my personal favorite it was my idea so of course i'm really (laughs) biased when i say that one as well um (laughs) Not at all proud of our of how that beer's done. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Sussex A's, uh, I think for me is where like 360 is best rep centers. Um, but then I guess if I was gonna say a second, it'd be Bluebell because okay. we've got a really good representation still for doing cask. And like, yeah, through well, I think Bluebell is in our top three for beer sales for the calendar year. Sussex A's is like being like way out in front for quite some time but bluebell is still up there in terms of like top three for the sales which i think says a lot in terms of like the fact that we can do those two contrasting styles and do them well yeah and is bluebell just in cask it is yes people have got to visit the area to be able to come and get that well it's it's actually been doing really well because like what i think for me is like a really nice kind of like sort of uh litmus test for our success is we're steadily making relationships with regional wholesalers and distributors around the country so I, i've seen bluebell being checked in in cornwall and as far north oh, nice. as northumberland newcastle kind of area so yeah like steadily we are getting our beers out to a wider market now but yeah you're right like to get it at its uh sort of freshest and it's and most regular it'll be down where we are down here and in sort of spots around surrey kent and london as well which is nice because like I think it's important to have beers where you have to go to the pub yeah. to, to have them. Um, particularly at the, at the moment with the, obviously it's no secret just how tough the, the economic climate is, not just for people yeah. in the industry, but everyone as a whole. But then when you're looking at what, what business rates are doing for, for pubs, like they do, they do need every, help, every bit of help they can get. And so if there are products where you have to go to your local and try uh, to try them and enjoy them, then it's just doing a little bit to help towards helping everyone and you get a good time out of it as well yeah yeah Yeah. I've said a lot about um I've been reading this recently like beer like beer is an occasion and I it like thinking of it in terms of occasions whereas you know often it can just be thought of as like you know the lager that you drink down the pub or you know the lager you have when you're watching the telly you don't think about it but like putting beer in terms of occasions like 
going to the pub for a birthday, going to the pub for an anniversary, like having this special beer in for a meal. Like, I think we need to really be encouraging that and like having it as an occasion, like to go to this place and try this beer. Like, I think that's a really good route for us all to go down and be thinking about it in terms of it being special rather than it just being the thing that's there. Because if we don't go to these places, if we don't go and drink it, it's not going to be the thing that's there because it's going to go away. Well, exactly. And I think that on the whole, I think a lot of people are now post-COVID probably drinking less than they may may have done. And so it's then when you actually think about it more philosophically, like you're saying, Joe, it's yeah. it, alcohol as a whole is there to complement your experiences. It's there to elevate and enhance you, uh, what yeah. you do. So then if you can then go and celebrate, then it's almost like a nice full 360 of everything working there. Ta-da! Look at that. There you go. <laughs> so, so tell us about this, uh, the Hellas then. It's, it tastes really nice. I love mm. it. It's like the the breadiness, the like um, bready graininess there, the maltiness. I, lo- I like it. It's, yeah. it's got a nice bit of, what I love about a Hellas. <laughs> it's got a nice bit of lemony zip in there as well. Mm. Yeah, and it's, like, I mean, you've kind of taken the words out of my mouth in terms of where the tasting notes are at for it. We wanted to really kind of be true to style with making a Hellas. So we've used um, Mittelfrau and Halatar Blanc, so two very classic Bavarian Nagel hops. Uh, we've gone for a grist of, yeah, uh, Pilsner malts and uh, Bavarian malts. Um, and we're just really keen to make it just that really easy drinking what it says on the tin beer because sometimes with certain products like a lager you don't need to try and reinvent the wheel with it mm. like if you can do the style true and do it well then people are going to really just appreciate it as you kind of we've been alluded to and appreciating the beer for what it is um and yeah like we're all really really happy with it it's one of like a few beers where we're like we're like you know what this we don't actually need to refine this much we've been really lucky with those actually kind of nails on the head very early doors um so yeah it was like a universal thumbs up from our entire team that we were making the right choice moving away from checkmates to this as our regular um lager style um and yeah it's ready it's got a really nice like crispness to it but it's not too effervescent either so it laces your palate a bit more you don't get that kind of acidity you get from from co2 sometimes and then you've got a nice bit of floral lemoniness on the nose as well. Just, yeah, all around, it's a, a, for me, it's a really, really good representation of the Hellas. Um, and I'm just, yeah, very, very happy that my colleagues can make some cracking beers. Makes my job on sales a lot easier, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is right on the can as well, approachable, engaging with a clean Moorish finish. And I feel like, yeah, it is yeah. very approachable. Like, I feel like you could give this to someone that's maybe doesn't even normally drink like a lot like just has a an idea of what lager is um and i feel like they can even tell that this would be like elevated from that standard like macro lager that you normally have Good. and so Ethan fantastic yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god please i i i my friend brought fosters over i was drinking it i was like do you want some i was like no 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 you. and i gave him some of something i had I think I had like a Hellas or something that I showed you. I was like, have some of this. And he tried some. And then he went to go back to drinking his Fosters. And he's like, 
I can't do it. Like I shared with him a bunch of these. Um, I think I had a bunch of Hefeweizens actually. And I was like drinking those and he had some and he was like, I don't want to drink my Fosters now. It doesn't taste very nice. I was like, I know, welcome to craft beer. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's very, this is very Moorish. And what I really like on the can that I've noticed now is that you put the hops on it. And Joe and I have like said before about how there's some brews that like don't always put their hops on it but like for us like we like seeing those things like we like seeing the hops and, and ingredients like put on the cans because it helps when you're it even helps just trying to teach yourself how to like when you're trying to educate yourself more about certain hops or yeast strains or stuff like that when you can see the ingredients like it makes it so much easier um and so yeah that's quite I just noticed that now and that's that's good I mean is that something that you guys have always done was that like a conscious choice i know some people don't like putting their hops yeah there's um i think there has been every, every beer we've done in can has had it put on it um i think this is something we like to do is we like to share what it is because like you said once you start actually sort of delving into what's given this particular beer its flavors then like I said, the more you engage with it more, the more we can then actually talk about it ourselves. We're like, we really like what we did with these hops in this beer. So let's see what we do with these hops in that beer, which is kind of always going back to where we began with Neighbours, was Neighbours was the evolution of Fishhook and its counterpart Boomerang, which were two like Southern Hemisphere, like Neepers we released at the same time with like respective Australian and New Zealand hops for them. Um, and so put them together because we were like, well, we, we know we really like Vic Secret and Ella. We've not used them together with much else besides other Australian hops. We like Nelson and Rewaka for the same same theory. So let's put them together and then we can talk about it. I mean, you guys go, like, oh, I've had a 360 beer or I've had so, someone's so beer with these, with these hops in it before. Um, so, yeah, we'd always kind of make a point of putting what's in them um, for sure. So beautiful. Yeah, because I know like we were trying to do, we were trying to do an episode where we were talking about specific hops and it was like, so it was so hard to find certain ones because not everyone puts the ingredients on and we were like, ah, so it, it it is definitely like from a consumer perspective, like really useful to have that. Um, You mentioned before about how the MD comes from like a wine background and likes to have everything balanced and it's just... Um, that led to a question of like how like how many um, how big is like the staff there? Like how many brewers do you guys have and what is the process like to get something uh, greenlit to be able to be brewed does it have to go through does everything have to go through the MD like how does that process sort of work that's quite I find that quite interesting yeah sure so Robin is a very hands-on MD and is in the building like a lot a lot of the week um, but it's because he gives he, he gives a damn about it he wants to make sure that everything happens right and yeah, that we're all kind of like, yeah, getting to where we need to be with it. Um, so in terms of our staff force, we've got like nine full time. Um, so we've got three, this is where my maths should be right now. So we've got three three brewers, including a head brewer. Uh, we've got a part-time kind of brewery assistant, full-time Dre, myself and another colleague of mine in sales, um, general manager and uh, tap room and retail manager as well. And then we've got like three or four other guys who are then doing part-time shifts, uh, doing the tap room hours when that's open as well. And then they get like involved a lot more during the summertime when there's like event bars that we're doing. Like we've got a couple of campsites near us. So we often send little mobile bars to them for the weekends. And it works really well because 
it means that the campsite can still maintain like an atmosphere on sites and then there's like a, a really good relationship where they're like we're more than happy for you guys to get your guys to come along look after our campers we'll then send the campers the next day to the tap room and so on so that's worked really really well for us um so yeah we've got a really kind of good good team for that um through through the warmer months um and in terms of the process um a lot of it's kind of actually sales led in terms of like new product development so i've got a very active role in suggestions um mainly because i'm often the one seeing what's on bars the most because i'm out and about in the in pubs the most um but then it's a case of actually kind of trying to put some rationalism behind different ideas so like well once we kind of regroup after christmas and new year we'll kind of get everyone together just to literally throw ideas in, into a hat basically so we did that at the start of the year and we had some like interesting ones from the brewers um like I can't remember like what the weirdest one was, but then like it was like even just simple things like they wanted to do an ESB. And we're like, okay, cool, well, let's do an ESB because we've got that cast program. And again, it ended up being a beer that everyone was really proud of because it showed that we like had that heritage side and could do it really, really well. And it was just some wacky idea. One of the brewers was like, I've not done a traditional style like that before. I want to do it. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's build up to it. Let's get a couple of hazy nice. pails in first to get people's attention. <laughs> and then we'll go into the track. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Like, I yeah. love where your head is at, yeah. but hang on a minute before we get there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but it is nice because like, even for someone who's not making the beer like myself, I feel like a real level of tangibility to what I'm doing because I'll often be saying X, Y, and Z. Yeah then like I'll give the, the almost like the brief to the to the brewers uh with Robin involved to put together the recipe to conceptualize it. I'll kind of just only give a brief bit of qualification in terms of you've used that hop in the last five beers. Do you need to do it again? Like just little <laughs> things like that just in terms of like from what I'm seeing in terms of the commercial viability yeah. side of it. But it's really good because then we've got like everyone feels like they've had a part to play in what we're doing. Like I know that one of our most recent brewers, Luke, um Honestly, he, he's so proud when he like goes around in Brighton and sees like a beer he's made and, he's, and he overhears someone talking about it. And he like you can't see like his smile is just so big, <laughs> and that makes me really happy because it means yeah. everyone really feels like they got a part to play in what we're doing. And it's yeah, a really good sort of team we built here as well now. I was going to say, it sounds very much like a a team atmosphere. The fact that you've got like an MD who who is really passionate and like wants to be in all the time. And, you know, you've got the the sales function, like feeding in and helping with those ideas as well. Like that sounds like a real community and like a real team effort, which is really, really cool to hear. So, yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I'm conscious, obviously, of the time. We still want to do one more beer. Do you want to crack the yeah, last? Let's crack, you want crack the this dipper? Yeah. I'm going to not crack the dipper. Yeah, don't, don't you crack the pavilion. dipper. Because I know it'll happen. My my body, I, I like dippers. <laughs> my body says yes. My head says yes. But tomorrow morning when I wake up and my cold is worse, <laughs> yeah, my body is going to be so mad. <laughs> So. I'm just accepting that my nose is gonna be blocked for the next week. Yeah, I uh, know, and I, I just want to, I want to commend you. So obviously, you were saying at the start how, like, the first time we had a conversation, it was like literally a two-day conversation. We've been back and forth on mail trails for like 
months trying to make this recording happen yeah. <laughs> as well. Edwin, our looks. timings were so shit. I was like, and then you 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 weren't well. And then today I was like, I'm not feeling great, but we're doing this. I'm this is not being I'm I'm committed to this. We're having this conversation. <laughs> anyway, I was I was at that I was at that same level as well because I was like I the next time I could in theory do it would be late January. And I'm like the beers are there with with the girls. I've already had the postponed <laughs> watch for the last seven days. And like, oh, it's I, like well done to you for still coming on because I think yeah, you job. were you were worse than like you were more ill than I was so it's like very much like well done to you for that but I was just thinking like it's just become a joke at one point I was like just we don't have to apologize to each other anymore let's just yeah, <laughs> accept it for what yeah. it is let's just skip the pleasantries on the emails now we know like, we don't have to apologize <laughs> it's fine it was like tag I was like you're it <laughs> let me know when you're free <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, so this is actually, like we're I, I, I might as well introduce this dip yeah. but you get what you need which yep. is actually a really nice kind of example of the qualification of that team process because if you it, like the start of the copy on the back is you don't always get what you want but we know what you need that's basically Robin writing about himself because <laughs> Robin is a big fan of West Coast Dipper and all of us in, in the team are as well. But we've seen with what we do, it doesn't always sell as much as we would perhaps want it to. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, people would rather an East Coast dipper. When you say the word dipper in the modern English market, they think soupy, juicy, hazy, mm. uh, not like ridiculously bitter because uh, yeah. the palate isn't always as good at dealing with it. Um, so that's where you get what you need um, is is now and it's um, obviously a Rolling Stones um, song there as well with a little nod to popular culture with with the, the, the beer name there too yeah so. I was just reading the back of it and I'm like oh, I love Idaho 7 as well yeah Galaxy Idaho 7 and Olicana yeah that's uh, literally yeah. such a good combo and I'm like oh I want to drink it and I've just seen like you holding it I'm like I want to drink it so bad <laughs> But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold strong, and I'm not gonna do it. But I want to. <laughs> Thankfully, we're winding down. We're winding down for a festive period, so I can just be as ill as I want once everything is done and ready for tomorrow. So I can do whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So it's an eight eight percent, um, and we chose those hops because so Galaxy is like the base of Green Monster, and I think the guys have kind of had a bit of like a period of time where they were missing using it as like the dominant hop in a beer so they wanted to put it into this dipper again really big fans of idaho seven and the pineapple notes you get from it um and then because we've done a lot of experimentation with english hop varietals in the last in the last year the the guys have taken a real liking to olicana and it's kind of peachy passion fruit notes you get and it we've kind of found it's it's actually stood up really well against um your sort of imported hops um, so we're like, well, let's, let's, let's check in in for good measure. We've got three hops that we're really big fans of. Um, and yeah, the end result is a very like boozy, complex, really like aroma-driven uh, dipper. I mean, Joe, what are your thoughts on it? Um, dippers are not my favourite, so I'm not the best person to ask. <laughs> but I get all of those, like all that fruitiness. It looks beautiful. Like it's... A- all of your beers have got this really lovely, like dense, foamy head on them that looks just gorgeous. I was going to um, say, you're, it's unfortunate because I'm the dipper one. <laughs> this is the dipper fan. <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say, you might have to get you just to kind of bite the bullet and. <laughs> but I like, I get all that. Like it's got like candied um, 
tropical fruit in there. It smells amazing. I'm just living vicariously yeah, no, through Joe's love commentary. It. <laughs> it's got really lovely pillowy body. Yeah, you. I also it. like that it's quite dry as well. Yeah, because like often you can kind of get that like almost. Well, I don't know to say cloying, but like beers can be on the cusp of being cloy and too sickly sweet when they've yeah. really high finishing grab. So because it's got that that dryness on the back of it, suddenly it's quite it just disappears on the back of your palate, and you're like, oh, yeah. it's like gone. All that booze and that flavour disappeared yeah. in a good way. Like, and you're like, I need to go in again. So yeah, like, it feels dangerous. Very, yeah, is it one of the is it one of those lethal ones yeah like, like before you know it you're like oh what and it's gone oh wait, like, the yeah. all right so like now that this beer is actually out rmd robin's really proud of the fact that he's got our general manager ollie shit faced a couple of times <laughs> so, well, I mean, like, he's like the, he's like the, the sensible dad of the office and just, right. he, the, he helps process and facilitate everything and he's not a huge, huge drinker, um, but because, well, I don't know. You can see it both ways. He's got two young kids, so often has to kind of be on, on, on his game when he's at home. Yeah. He's actually been, like, yeah, pretty mumted a couple of times <laughs> for nights on our new dipper, which we're all quite happy about. Is it because <laughs> he's just gone, like, yeah, I'll just have one. I'll just have another yeah. one, really. Yeah, like, yeah. this is I a drink the can and fall it. down <laughs> job, because you don't realise how, oh, how strong it is. Yes. Yeah. And I've noticed this is obviously... Um, I'm guessing this is New York. I'm guessing this is, it looks like New York to me on the, on the label. Is there any reason in particular, like for why the artwork was chosen for it? Just because I love learning about labels. So that's why I thought I'd ask. Um, it's, it's fine if it's totally random as well, but. So the idea was it was a protest because mm. Robin didn't get what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant really like that see I love like so for me like, I really like the stories behind I love pu- punny names in general it's like when you walk by a food truck and it has a, a pun name you're going to eat at that food truck over the one that doesn't have a food name like, that doesn't have a pun name on it same thing with like beer you put a pun name on it like I'm there for it I love when there's like a story to it as well like a really like clever story that you learn about it and I find that that makes it almost more like appealing in a way because there is that connection and there's that story about it and I think that is amazing I love that <laughs> I was just like I'm wondering if this is just a random stock photo or if it was picked for a reason and now that you've said that I'm like that's even better <laughs> <laughs> so we're um we're moving into 2023 um what are 360's plans for the future have you got any collabs coming up like what exciting things should people any be more festivals yeah, yeah, so I, th- I think for us, it's to just keep up on the trajectory that we're on. Um, like for us, it's it's nailing in on quality and consistency with every beer and between every release as well. So we consistently build up a head of steam. Uh, the wider our catchment gets, and people are like, okay, well, if that's my first impression and then my subsequent impression has been great, then we're we're on board. Meanwhile, our home market, I mean, like, wow, like three six years continuing to, to deliver to us what we want. So that for us is kind of like our main mantle for next year, just to keep that consistency and quality piece there. Um, but yeah, it's like collabs are kind of on on the like up for discussion at the minute. We've had a couple of early discussions with some people. I'm not going to say just yet until everything's kind of fully set in stone, but there's some exciting stuff to look forward to. I think it's actually going to be quite an exciting one because. 
like a lot of these relationships would have, have come from beer festivals we've been at already. So like a bunch of the, like a couple of them have come off the back of Arundel Beer Fest. Uh, we went down to Warrior Fest in Portsmouth, which oh, is probably a massive hint for where one of those collabs might be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't imagine which one potentially. I think it was a staggering uh, hint. <laughs> Brilliant, staggeringly great idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there, there, there's some, there's some stuff in the pipeline, um, and like I'm really keen to kind of continue having those conversations because. Like I now am really enjoying the fact that we've got ourselves to a level where we've been gaining the respect of our peers at these events. Um, and it kind of gives us some validation that we're actually on the right track. Having gone through that period of transition where we've had to really turn people who had been doubters into believing in us or at least as being willing to give us a second chance. Uh, but then to those who are doing what we're doing and grafting as we're grafting as well and saying, you know what, you guys are making cracking beers. And we're like, well, you guys are making cracking beers. Let's make a cracking beer together. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> and it's it's nice that we're, we're kind of at that level now where we can have these discussions with people. So, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with things. Um, yeah, more festivals. Like We got onto the We Are Beer circuit last year. So we hopefully we're doing a couple more of those. We're super keen to kind of get out and about as far and wide as we can like i'm gonna probably give myself burnout like a million and one times this calendar year but like that's what happens good. isn't it it spirals out of yeah. control like, and before yeah. you knew it like this is what joe and i was like which festivals yeah. are you gonna go to and then like working in beer, and it was like, like mental and before you know it all of yeah. your my husband was like can you make Every sure weekend. that not every bit of free time you're either helping out a festival or going to a festival he's like it's fun to go sometimes he's like but could we maybe sometimes not <laughs> so I can imagine but I find it so fun and I actually find yeah. it's really fun being behind a bar so I can I can't even imagine like you'll probably get burnout out easier than you even realize <laughs> yeah so like for me it'll all, it'll all be for a good cause like um the way I'm seeing films coming this next year upcoming that I want to be out and about seeing people like representing our brewery as best as possible and yeah like it'll take its toll but it'll be for a good cause because yeah like I hope it comes across I care massively for what we're doing but then like everyone around me in this business does so that's kind of where we're, we're at we just want to get out meet people share our beers with more people and yeah hopefully we'll have some really fun interesting things to come in the next 12 months amazing you said you've got a tap room so if people want to come visit you they can go to i'm guessing is the tap room at the brewery it is yes it's at the brewery uh we've recently actually opened up our like our own pizza kitchen so yeah i did see that on the website it sounds delish yeah uh so it's like it's funny, he was just in the room now because he, he won't hear this compliment. But yeah, Josh <laughs> has been making some fantastic pieces because just where we're at in the time at this time of year, we can't quite justify hiring a full-time chef just yet. So our tapping manager, Josh, has taken it upon himself to become head chef and tapping <laughs> manager simultaneously. Oh, and he's been putting out some absolutely cracking pieces. Like I'll be the first one to tell him if it was shit because made. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that why is it is it killing you now that he's probably there here and you're like it's really no, good <laughs> he's left the room so i can't quite look him in the eye whilst i'm complimenting him um but no he's honestly he's been making some absolutely fantastic pieces we've got like a proper wood fired oven in there um and yeah like it's honestly as good as anything i've had locally and i'm not just saying that because like i said i would tell him if it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we've got the tap room open every friday and saturday it's gonna be closed off tomorrow until the, until the new year um 
just to give everyone a bit of a break. Much yeah. needed time. Yeah. Off. yeah. yeah. yeah that's but, amazing. You've got me now wanting to go camping. Like, is that. <laughs> I like camping, but that sounds like a really cool way to camp is when you're saying like sending a mobile bar out to the campsites or the campsites send people to your tap room. And like, that sounds like such a, yeah, that sounds like a really, when I go camping, I don't have like nice craft beer on tap (laughs) anywhere. So I have to take it with you. We've even installed like a special gate in our tap room fence into the campsites land. I need, I need to know where the campsite is because I now want to go. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's called WoWo, W O W O. That's an amazing name as well. Wo-wo, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're really nice guys there. We've got another campsite just across the way called um, called Ooze Meadow. Um, and yeah, like that big, like their, their football becomes our football in the summertime and vice versa. So, it's, it's great that everyone kind of in our little local pocket of ruralism gets to benefit. So yeah, it's That's really cool. It's a really good spot, and we've definitely created a really kind of like fun space here. And it's only been its first like twelve months. It only opened this time last year. So yeah, like everything's pointing towards opportunity being there for us. It's not going to be the easiest market this year, as we all kind of know. But it's all we've kind of done from the get go with this new version of three hundred and sixty. You deal with adversity in China, overcome it. So. Yeah, we like we like a challenge, um, but everything's kind of going in the right direction for us, it seems. Amazing. Nice. Now, if you're dog friendly, then I will definitely that will <laughs> definitely be where I consider going camping because <laughs> yes, because it's not far away, it's easy to get to, and I've got a dog. And if you allow dogs, then that is definitely for me. So <laughs> amazing. Yes, we keep we, we we allow dogs outside uh, just because we've got the grain store right in amongst where the where the beers are. But yeah, we've got a massive southern facing beer garden with like enough space for like over 100 people to sit out there so yeah it's where you want to be in the summertime anyway i know where i'm planning uh the next (laughs) camp trip that we go on so there we go (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming and chatting to us i know we've kept you a little bit longer than intended um but yeah it's really appreciated i after all that time i'm so glad that we finally got you on and we got to have a conversation and i got to learn more about the brewery joe got to learn more about the brewery and um these beers so far that i've had a crack in i literally cannot wait to have the other ones we also had just for the record of what what else we had we we had lined up is um the india porter I wanted to know before we go, where did you actually get the name for that? So Twanky Dillo is the name of a traditional Sussex drinking song. Um, ah, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, as was the prank that someone on our taproom board played on Josh earlier. Uh, took out the T and put a D in uh, the end of the word. <laughs> Josh hadn't recognised what had happened until a customer asked, what is wanky dildo? <laughs> <laughs> and they probably went oh, no, no that's not the beer that's not the beer <laughs> uh, yeah no that, that's amazing yeah, I didn't know what that was and I was like where does that name even come from yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's a, a traditional drinking song uh, the background on the can is um, actually like a really like quite well known like tree roads down in like sort of the western bit of Sussex so again keeping uh-huh. the theme of it very Sussex based with uh, the branding to go alongside the name there as well um yeah that's a really really tasty number that one so it's definitely one to enjoy these uh, winter nights nice. yeah then we've also got the rose hip hibiscus and raspberry sour so that one is one that I'm particularly looking forward to as well so 
Um, I mean, you had, you had a bunch of beers on your website as well. Um, we'll put a link to the website in there for anyone that wants to go and check out an order. Um, but based on the two, <laughs> the sadly, the only the two that I could have tonight, I'm very excited, to, especially to try that dipper in the other one. You're going to enjoy so. that dipper. <laughs> Yeah, I think I will, to be honest. Um, maybe that's like my tomorrow treat when <laughs> done with everything I need to do. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything at all? We'll, I mean, we'll link to the website and the Instagram and everything else. So, No, just, uh, I think, yeah, just do check us out. We've got um, like two to three new beers coming out in Cannes every month. Um, got a couple of cast specials as well. So if you're ever in the, in the area, particularly kind of Brighton Way or Mid-Sussex, then you'll often see us in pubs. Um, but yeah, just keep looking out for us and hopefully you'll be keen to give us a go at some point. And yeah, we might get a chance to see you at a festival at some point in this year. So come and say hello. Um, and yeah, it'd be great to meet you and have a chat about beers and hear what you think of them. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Thank you so much for coming Thank on and so talking to us. On. Really enjoyed Thank the chat. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, lo- a lovely, uh, lovely evening to yeah. chat. So yeah, I'm just glad we finally got to make it happen. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, and I hope we get to see you. danger of running on. I hope we get to see you at a campsite soon. <laughs> well, I didn't know that um, they were 10 years old. No, I didn't. And I, like I said, I... That was actual shock, dear listeners. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, I... I'd like seen them in passing more recently. Yeah. Um, I think within the last year at beer festivals and stuff like that. And obviously we had the conversation at Arendelle. Um, but before probably about the last year, like I didn't really know that much about them or anything like that. Um, but then also I'm not like, I probably wasn't as much in the air, like drinking around in the area that they, yeah, that they are to be fair. I think but they're not that far from me and they say they distribute in Kent, but I've not, I've not really seen them. So, you know, this just goes to show there are lots of little pockets of potentially great breweries that you might not know of. So, you know, yeah, we're in January. Um, Try January. <laughs> Give somebody new a go. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I have zero complaints about either of the two beers that I had. Um, well, the, the, dipper sound, the dipper sounds. You're going to enjoy this. Dipper. Amazing. I mean, yeah, I like the hazy, juicy, hazy, juicy boys. So for me, like Neighbours was great. Yeah, it was um, great. I like the name. Lager, uh-huh. so that's great. And the dipper sounded like it was exactly up my my alley. And I'm really excited to try the other ones when I'm feeling better. So um yeah, I found that the story behind the names and the times and the, you know, the, the specific time and place and all that was like just really interesting and really clever. Yeah, and I really, that. I really liked how much of like team spirit they have in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely try more from them for sure. And as you said, I think you can almost sometimes get so you, you can get so focused on either what is like the new hotness, like big, big name or in your local scene that you you almost miss these little pockets in other areas so definitely one that i'd recommend for triannuary because they have such a range as well Mm. that it's it is i mean as you said they want to make something that everyone they want to have something for for everyone so i think it's worth putting in like a i think you can do like a mixed they do like mixed boxes as well and so far two out of the lot i've got really like and the rest sound really great so um yeah appreciate him taking the time to talk to us and overrunning a bit so yeah I'm excited when Green Monster comes out I'll definitely try that (laughs) Um, 
Tori, if people want to uh, get camping tips from you. Oh, my God. I do love camping. Because you love a bit of camping. I do love a bit of camping. Where can they get hold of you? Yeah, if you want to come talk to me about top camping tips. I mean, top I, beer I'm, camping tips. Top I beer camping tips. Yeah, I can talk to you about top beer camping tips because I do always take my craft beer with me when I go camping. But I also like bougie camp a little bit. Like, I'm not... I mean, when I say bougie, I'm still in a tent. I still set the tent up. But I just... I like to elevate my game. I like my craft beers when I when I go camping, all that. Uh, so yeah, you can come talk to me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism or at Gmail at adventures and optimism at gmail.com. Uh, or you can sort of talk to both Joe and I, depending on who gets to it first on a woman's brew on Instagram or a woman's brew podcast on Gmail. Uh, Joe. I mean, you've done your fair share of camping as well. So have, if someone yeah. wants to talk to you about your, you've done top, top camping festival yeah. camping tips someone wants to go talk to you about that where can they speak to you yeah if you want to talk to me about camping um i camp with kids fairly regularly so you know I can give you've you got some kids <laughs> it's the way to um, go you know uh take the beer as well but leave it till the evening <laughs> you might need it when you're camping with kids um so if you want to talk to me about that you can find me at my beer school which is love beer learning and we are on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and pinterest you can usually find me on instagram or tiktok um and i do have a um camping beer festival top tips blog post which is on my website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk or feel free to email me at lovebeerlearning at gmail.com and don't forget of course we are also on youtube Right, I think I'm gonna go finish the rest of my second beer <laughs> and hope that I don't feel worse tomorrow with yeah. more stuffiness. So, okay. on that note, Joe. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>